Last time on Montreal Sauce. Blink. Bloop. So, Chris, how's it going? Uh, it's going. It's it's definitely going. Uh, which is my answer to that all the time. Wow, it's like <laughs> I have a thing. It's like. You know, at some point when you talk to someone throughout the day, they're going to ask you how things are. And yet I have no predefined answer. Right. I guess most people say it's fine. I say it's going, (laughs) which is really weird when someone says, so how was your day today? I'm like, it's going. They're like, what what does that mean? Yeah. Right. I'm like, it's an American thing. (laughs) And then my American friend's like, what? I mean, it's a Canadian thing. Right. It's a that other culture thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> insert culture here. That's I'm I'm noticing a trend. I I make like uh, I I do some research and make like a silly quiz for guests, and then I never use it. <laughs> but now I I have two quizzes in the can for guests. Well, so. that's good. I I felt like we were just getting to that part of the episode where we would probably start the quiz if he was going to stay on, but. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was feeling it too. I almost did it earlier when there was a break, but uh, we were having such a good conversation. Yeah, it was good. So um, if you're listening now, that was a uh, previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, pre- the, yes, the previous episode that you just listened to <laughs> was us with uh, Justin Hall, uh, which was a fantastic episode and you should go back and listen to it again if you didn't already listen to it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, uh Today I took some uh, notes, or I took some notes during the Justin Hall show. Yeah, <laughs> Montreal sauce. That's confusing. Um, I took some notes, and then uh, I was like, "Oh, that's funny," because then he said something else. I'm like, "That's really good. I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast again." <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like in the past, I have done that in past episodes. I'm like that's really good what Paul said or what Jonah said or what Dan said. I'm going to listen to this podcast again <laughs> <laughs> as a, all the pressure of uh, talking on the show. I, I can't be bothered to remember what I say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am getting to the point where I'm, um, I, I'm going to need to figure out how to fit this on my desk somehow, but I do need like just a pad of paper and a, and a pen so that I could like, when somebody is in the middle of something, I don't want to interrupt them, but they had a thought and I wanted to kind of respond to it so that I could, um, you know, quick jot that down so that I can come back to something that happens all the time where, you know, Justin is in the middle of a really great thought. And then he keeps going past the point where I was like, oh, I was going to respond to that. And then by the time he is done, I've I've forgotten what I was going to respond to. But there's a new great thought that I do want to respond to. And then you just never get back to that other thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And see, I had the paper in front of me and I wasn't mindful enough to do those sort of things. Maybe I did once, actually. Yep. And I crossed that note out because I covered it. Good for me. But uh, (laughs) for the most part, I was just writing down like quotes. Like he said, you can't measure authenticity. And I was like, that's really good. I like Yeah. Yeah. So and I wrote down Tarnation because I was like, okay, it sounds like uh, something I'd be interested to watch. Yeah, certainly. I was sad. It's funny because uh, I've now become a podcast enthusiast. Um, 
it's taken me so many years to do it, but it's just finding the time, right? And, and now that I don't have cable, um, podcasts have become like a real source of like I would just sit and listen to something rather than watch something and that's fine. Sure. <clears throat> but it's, it's great uh, how the quality is across the, you know, across the spectrum. It's amazing to me. Um, I've been listening to like uh, Adam Dotches from uh, Lifehacker. He or he used to work at Lifehacker, but now he has a podcast on the Five by Five Network called Supercharged, and another one called Awkward Human. But uh, <laughs> he, um, <clears throat> his guests come on, and you know, uh, most of them are fellow journalists and things like that. So they have a microphone, and they're they're there. But it's uh, it's amazing to me, like. Like on those shows, you can hear someone clearly typing. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. like oh, I'm going to look that up, and and that's fine. Like it, I I think uh, I'm struggling. Like uh, Justin had mentioned in the previous show with uh, the fact that you know we're used to a little more formal behavior, and so I'm like, oh, I, I wouldn't think that you would do that, even though you know I probably couldn't go to lunch with someone today without them pulling their phone out, but. Um, <laughs> Right. But yeah, it's uh it's interesting like you can hear someone typing and then um those uh Len Peralta Geek a Week podcasts I was listening to last week um you know he is just happy that Will Wheaton took like 10 minutes out of his day to talk to him. So it's okay that this is a phone interview and the quality is like mostly atrocious. Sure. You know. Yeah. So it's just it's really interesting, like the spectrum, like you're talking about, like I don't even know where I'm going to fit a pad of paper with all my podcasting equipment, <laughs> and then there's podcasts out there. Where it's just like, you know, that was like, you know, freaking like the nerdist was on someone else's. He was on Len Peralta's Geek a Week podcast, <laughs> but I couldn't understand a word he was saying because he was on an iPhone on AT and T. Right, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So I'm finding it really interesting being a podcast enthusiast now to uh, get all the uh, the different um, styles. Yeah, yeah. What are you using now as your uh, podcast client of choice? Uh, it's kind of funny because um, I, I've had this uh, conversation and it's a conversation that people get into a lot these days where there's so much available for free. Like you just, you get so frustrated that like someone, how dare they want like a dollar 99 for their app? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and then it's like (laughs) when you really sit down and think about it, it's a dollar 99. Right. You know, that, you couldn't even buy a Hershey's bar if you weren't a fat diabetic for a dollar ninety nine today. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not calling anyone listening a fat diabetic except for me, because I said I would listen to this again. Right. Um, <laughs> myself insult myself. Yeah, I have problems. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, So here I am like going, I'm not going to, you know, pay for a podcasting app and I get all grumpy. Um, 
and then I end up spending, you know, three ninety nine because I want to try out like Caldav on my phone, and I need this like little client <laughs> to to bridge the gap for me. And I'm like, why isn't there a free one? But of course, yeah. there can't be a free right. one because it's just aggregating data in the background, so it can't even run ads. So, um, so yeah, I think it's kind of funny that I have the long answer that was really long is I'm using this uh, app called Podcast Attic, and um, the main reason I chose it was a it's free, but <laughs> b I was looking for Chromecast support so that I could just stream oh, okay. right to the stereo. Yeah, like this is something I don't think. Um, Either it's a given in our society because we're all cool young hipsters or um, people just don't think about it. But you and me and most of us who are the least bit savvy, um, we don't have things plugged into our TV. We have one HDMI cable going to our TV and everything else goes into your stereo. So my Chromecast is plugged into my stereo. So if I want to listen to a podcast, I can just stream it right to the Chromecast and listen to it in stereo in my house. And, I, you know, I don't even need the TV on. So that's a kind of a cool thing that I feel like no one talks about the Chromecast. is like, yes, it's awesome that you can stream things to it, but you can stream audio to it because you can plug that thing into your stereo if you have HDMI support. And, of course, you do. So... <laughs> right, right. So I'm using that app. It's it's taken me a while to get used to. My problem was is for a long time, I was using I think Google's Listen, which was a podcast app. And at some point, they said, "Hey, y'all, we're uh, not going to support this anymore." <laughs> and I didn't know. <laughs> and so I was using like. A, crazy old version and um eventually huh. i moved to something else but i that app did not have chromecast support so i started looking and all of them were pay except for this podcast attic so yeah do they make um pod kicker that's what i was using pod kicker do yeah. they make um downcast for android I believe that there is downcast. I could be wrong. There, there was a couple of really popular ones that mm -hmm. they even have like a free version that you can try. And um, I think one of the things with our fun, groovy app culture that I <laughs> am really intrigued about is because I love like playing with the ROMs. I say this all the time, but I don't ever do it anymore. But because I love like rooting my Android phone and installing ROMs and stuff, then I spend like, you know, two or three days like making like the perfect home screens. And these are the apps that I'm going to put on here because on the Android, we have a little app drawer. So we don't need everything like on our home screens. Um, so, I spend a lot of time going, okay, I'm going to use these apps a lot. I'm going to go ahead and put them on my home screen. And then um, I find that I don't use them as much as I thought I would. So I just thought if I liked pod, um, 
podcast podcast addict, then um, I would give it a try. And if I don't like it, I'll download or I'll buy one of these other ones. So actually, I don't see Downcast. So hmm. Okay, I couldn't remember if that one. I it seems like one of the ones that I have used before has a Android variant. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another. I know, I I know that Castro does not. That's another one that I've used. Instacast, I think, is another another one that's out there that I have not used, but I have heard decent things about. It all it all kind of depends on like. I think the thing that makes a podcast app tricky is that people want to have kind of smart playlists of like, here's three or four podcasts that are kind of in this category that I listen to. And when I'm in the mood for that kind of a podcast, I want to have a smart playlist of the unplayed episodes and I might want them in chronological order or I might want the newest first or, you know, everybody kind of wants to fiddle with those kinds of settings so that they can listen to the podcast that they want to listen to at the right time. And then when that one is done, have the app just automatically play another podcast, maybe not the same show, but something in the same vein. Like I I can see people having like really complicated ways of wanting to make that work. And so there's multiple different podcast clients out there that kind of reflect the different ways and different kinds of shows and different kind of um, playlists that people want to put together of their podcasts. Yeah, I haven't gone that far, which is probably uh, a next step for me. But I, I find myself, you know, hearing about a podcast and saying, well, I'll give that a chance. And then, you know, I'll look at the catalog of podcasts they have already and select an episode. It, it's kind of interesting because, um, like, when it comes to video games, like, they're uh, yeah, I know you don't play a lot of games and <laughs> I don't really play a lot of games either, but when it comes to console video games, like uh, for whatever reason, like it, it feels kind of funny to me and it, it's a personal thing, but to to look in a back catalog, to go to like uh, EA Games or GameStop and look at like the games that are like, you know, four or five years old they're, they're only like 10 or 11 dollars and so for some reason i think that's probably it it's a monetary thing with my brain it's like well it can't be very good right but it's like five years old so that's yeah. why it's so cheap <laughs> and it's like i mean and then i start you know justifying well if i'm gonna spend 15 dollars i spend like you know 25 more and get a brand new game um and then right, I can yeah. talk about it and be in cool pop culture, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I don't uh, I don't really feel that pressure with podcasts where I'm just like, oh, um, you know, I always hear about people talking about the Nerdist podcast, but I never actually listen. And then I'll like open it up and look and see the episodes, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh hey, Alex Trebek, that'd be cool to listen to him. You know, yeah. this is reported yeah. like you know three years ago or something or sure. 18 months ago. And it's awesome. Yeah. The Nerdist is, uh, the Nerdist is an interesting one because they have so many, um, so many guests that are, you know, a, B, a, B and C list celebrities, but all, all celebrities. And, uh, and there's such a variety there. Um, but what I found was for a while I was subscribed to it and it was, 
so many episodes because I think they do three a week, maybe even four a week, just depending on how quickly they can produce them and probably who they can book and what the schedules look like. And uh, it was just too many. I felt like I'm getting bombarded. And then a lot of them are like this particular guest I'm not all that interested in. And for whatever reason, the pod, and this is another thing that I (laughs) you can tell that I have sampled many different podcast apps and have still not quite found the one that fits me best. Um, But I, I, it feels like a mail app where um, you have these subscriptions. So you get new episodes, the new episodes land in your podcatcher of whatever flavor. And you have that like same instinct you have with your mailbox where it's like, I can't leave anything unread. Like I can't leave any podcast unlistened to. And so I end up unsubscribing from podcasts that, you know, maybe their batting average is 50%. Like every other episode is a pretty good episode. Um, but I find myself unsubscribing unless I really like every episode because I want to keep that list small enough that I can listen to everything every time. Um, you know, and and that's um, how Podkicker was aggregating my feed is exactly like you're talking. And I sort of felt that pressure, but I only had like maybe three NPR shows that I missed here in Canada in there. So it wasn't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't too hard to keep up with. And then I was like, oh, I like Terry Gross. I'm going to listen to Fresh Air. And then that one is like every day. Right. And, right. and so I felt yeah. that same pressure you talk about now. But this app, Podcast Addict, that I'm using is I thought it was sort of cheese ball when I first opened it, but it likes to show like our Montreal sauce logo. It'll just show like the logos of all the podcasts you're listening to and you tap it and then you get to see the show list. Yep. And so when it updates, it just updates and adds the show to the show list. So I don't feel that pressure like, Oh my gosh, there's so many I haven't listened to. Like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I I do get that from those shows that I sort of love listening to like on a weekly basis, like car talk, but otherwise, yeah, this app doesn't aggregate that way. So it doesn't feel like that pressure of an email box. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm finally at inbox zero in my podcast, (laughs) podcast client. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right that that would be your ears would be bleeding yeah i i mean <laughs> i had i had uh for a while i had wanted to um write a oh like um well it would be a it would be a web service where you would you would have an account on this web service and you would log in and you could import your podcast feeds but the idea was you could just add as many feeds as you want, like anything that you might find remotely interesting, you could add in there. And then it would like, maybe it would send you an email or something like that to let you know, Hey, here's five new podcasts that have landed today in your, you know, collection of feeds, but you would like explicitly mark them either to send them to HuffDuffer if you use HuffDuffer like I do or um, or maybe you just bookmark that like yeah add this to my feed and then it shows up like it doesn't immediately go to your podcatcher right there's like this intermediary service where you could like curate this list of things that and that way you don't there's no hesitancy like I can just subscribe to it and stick it in my feed and I'll you know I'll get this email that tells me every day like what's new and if something looks interesting i'll click the button and add it to my list um and i 
I still feel like something like that. There, I, there's got to be something like that out there. I feel like there probably is one already, but um, maybe SoundCloud does that. And my passive resistance to using SoundCloud is is keeping me from noticing that there's a useful service buried in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was actually all like psyched up to use SoundCloud um, as I was teaching myself um, Ableton Live. Um, and then I started working this freelance job and I probably need to start over with my little lessons in learning Ableton Live. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make something, make some uh, music, play around with Ableton. I'm going to make a little ditty to play at the beginning of Montreal sauce. And then I just got busy with work and uh, that went out the window. And then so did my <laughs> dream of joining SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about. I think the only thing that like keeps me from, from putting a bunch of stuff on SoundCloud is just the idea that once you post it there, like they own it, they own your feed through there. Like it just doesn't feel, I don't know. It feels like I'm going to put that stuff there and then I, I don't have any control over how it gets hosted anymore. But on the other hand, there's a lot of services out there that use, there's a lot of popular podcasts that use SoundCloud to do their hosting and they use their built-in player on their website because SoundCloud gives you really nice analytics on how many downloads you get, uh, how many people use the player, how, how much like they listen. So, um, you know, I probably should just get over it. Um, <laughs> but there's still some part of me inside that's like, but I should host this myself. I know how to do all this stuff. Oh, um, I went I went through the same thing with YouTube. Like, you know, I don't want them to own my content. Yeah, know? yeah. And I'll just post it up on sickdays.com myself. And, and I did. And then, of course, media changed. And then I was like, oh, I took these mini DV tapes and I rendered them out to, you know, 640 by 480 because <laughs> that is tremendously huge. Yeah, right. Now it's not. And I still have those tapes, but I don't have a deck to play them on. <laughs> yeah. So, right. yeah. I shot it in standard definition because it's standard, damn it. Right, exactly. I That is something, have I not, I don't think I've given good rant on that, and I'm ill-prepared to do it, but that's (laughs) never stopped me in the past. (laughs) Yes. I really, truthfully, in my heart of hearts, despise this idea that new filmmakers have, and it's probably because they're younger (laughs) than me, but where... When they show the old trope in movies and TV is, okay, let's do a flashback back to when, like, say, Magneto was in the, you know, the camp. And um, let's do that in black and white. And then when they go to the present day, we'll move to color. But now the new trope is, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to shoot it in standard def because this happened back in the day. So we're going to make it square. So oh, now, yeah. now I've paid, um, yeah, that's what it, that's what movie it was. I've paid, you know, 
$18 or $22 for me and my wife to go to the movies and see the Grand Budapest Hotel. And we get to see more black screen than we get to see picture because of this cute little idea like this happened back in the day. So we're going to do it in standard def. I was like, are you kidding me? And I've seen this more times than once. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. You have like an entire canvas to work with. If you want to do something to make it look old timey, there's so many other creative things you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if they feel like they've been done before. Yeah. Or, or if you're going to do that, please warn me and I'll wear my Oculus Rift or my cardboard so that I can see the whole picture at least double. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the the funny thing about that is I was going to say this uh earlier when uh or in the previous episode when Justin was on and we talked about how like we ca- we imagine being at this apex where it's never going to get any better than this and uh the thing that I was going to say was that <laughs> that's how I felt when I was like a 5-year-old sitting in front of the TV like I'm playing I'm playing the original Nintendo, I'm playing Super Mario Brothers, and I'm sitting in front of the TV, and I'm way too close to the TV, because I'm five, uh, and I can sit as close to it as I want, because nobody's around, and I mean, now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, I was sitting so close that I could see, I could not only see the the pixels, I could see that they were divided into a red, a green, and a blue, that's how close I was to the TV, and yet I'm imagining, like, it's never going to get picture quality is never going to get any better than this. This is amazing. Look at the look at Mario's head. It's awesome. I can see his mustache. It's sweet. And now it's like, oh yeah, here's a 3D virtual world. Just put this headset on and you can uh, walk around, uh pretend you're in the holodeck. Yeah, that that is kind of ridiculous. Like it's what's really sad is when you um decide you're going to be nostalgic and break out your Nintendo game and put it on your flat screen TV and it looks like garbage. Right, right. Because those pixels were meant to be so much smaller and not on a 68-inch television that takes up your entire wall. So now if Mario doesn't have a mustache, he has a giant black pixel under what looks like could be his nose. Right, (laughs) right. It's actually a Hitler mustache. <laughs> you couldn't tell on the standard def. <laughs> Would have changed the entire course of Mario. This is true. <laughs> why does That's everybody why I, like Luigi? I don't know, because <laughs> Luigi's not Hitler. <laughs> That's why he kept like going to different castles, because those princesses weren't white, blonde, blue-eyed <laughs> princesses. <laughs> Uh, he sent the toads away. (laughs) I shall not say where. Death stare. Just got death stare from President Business. President Business? He's in the IRC chat room. I see him. Did you see the Lego movie? I did see the Lego movie. Gnarly. Yeah. I liked it. I own it, actually. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's worth having additional kids' movies in the house that are tolerable. I um, <laughs> having I, I, kids is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you have an excuse to buy the Lego movie. I just have to buy it and go. I uh, it's for my nephew. 
<laughs> right, <laughs> right. And then when people come over, I'd be like, oh, that's there for when the nephew comes over. Right. People are like, oh, I didn't know. And I'm like, we don't have kids. It's and, you're at, and then you're like, it's actually a really good movie. You want to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah. When you're I, part speaking, of the team. Speaking of movies, um, like most of the stuff that I do, I read titles and not the whole articles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like most of the things that I... Uh, I read something the other day. I just covered it briefly. Actually, I think I'm just getting sort of a little bit... I'm weirding, weirding out and reading like actual things like about algorithms and <laughs> privacy <laughs> uh, more than I'm reading about um, uh, entertainment. But I didn't realize. So you have Star Trek Into Darkness. You own that, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Now, do you own that on Blu-ray or just DVD? I own it on Blu-ray. Interesting. Because the thing I was reading said that it wasn't out on Blu-ray yet, and it just came out. Um, but I, I guess it might be maybe it's a special Blu-ray because the thing that just came out was this uh, special um, DVD collection of the two. So yeah, it's yeah, one and two. But they said this was the first real Blu-ray copy. But again, it could be like, you know, the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Um, this That studio's version of the Criterion Collection. So. I'm, now I'm trying, now that you're saying this, I'm trying to remember if I actually did get it on Blu-ray or if I got it on iTunes. Yeah, digitally. Because sometimes was- it comes, a lot of times they come out on iTunes much earlier than they come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, so this said that it wasn't out on Blu-ray yet, and the, the they were kind of complaining, like, the only way you can get it is to get the two-volume set. And they're like, if you already own the first one on Blu-ray, that kind of stinks for you. Yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't really that terribly expensive for the two-disc set. I think it was still like supposed to come out like and be $34. I was like, what? The what? Wow, yeah. But it comes with all this extra, you know, behind the scenes and all this kind of footage and in a really cool box and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, because I don't actually have the first one. I think my wife, um, we were going to watch it. And I think I, I had it digitally as well, the first one. And um, so... And she was here, and I was still in Michigan. So I said, "She's like, I'm going to go rent some DVDs because this was a few years ago, obviously, when the movie had just come out." And she said, "You know, what do you want to watch together?" So we used to get on the FaceTime and watch a movie together. And um, <laughs> I said Star Trek, and so she either she couldn't find it, or it was probably because there's no such thing as a DVD rental place, but. Uh, <laughs> She ended up buying it, so we have a copy of the first one, but it's on DVD. Ah. But, yeah, so apparently it is now out on Blu-ray, and you have to buy both of them. Yes. Because I have to collect every edition that's ever released. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> this is so very true. Yeah. Actually, the thing that... So the thing that... Um, I For Christmas, I don't think it was this past year. It was probably the year before. I received... Um, from one side of the family, I received all of the Next Generation movies um, on Blu-ray. And then from the other side of the family, I received all of the original series, uh, original cast movies on Blu-ray. And uh, being the digital movie... Um, digital movie uh collector that i am i took those and i ripped them all or i was working my way through and ripping them all into my itunes collection so that i would have them and could you know stick them on my ipads or watch them on apple tv without having to go dig up the disc because god forbid that i have to open up the movie cabinet to actually watch a movie um well yeah you have that media server yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I leaving that computer on if I'm, you know, <laughs> if right. I'm not going to use it to watch the movies? So um, I'm going through and I'm ripping them all, and I cannot find Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Spock is literally lost. Um, so I ended up, because um, I'm a total tool, buying Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock on iTunes so that I had it. Because not only, well, not, now not only can I not rip it because I can't find the Blu-ray disc anywhere, I've got the case, not the disc, um, I can't watch it at all because I can't find the disc to even put it in the Blu-ray, you know. So, <laughs> so I ended up uh, find, running into, there was a sale on iTunes on all of the original series uh, movies for um, like eight ninety nine a piece, um, so I I bought that one so that I had the complete set to watch. <laughs> Even though I already have the complete set to watch, I just can't find that disc. <laughs> I tell you, if there's one advantage, oh, see, this is where I get in trouble, but it was coming. <laughs> if there's one advantage to being married, it's that everything is final finally. Because there are those times when I was dating where it was like the breakup meant that I lost this movie and that means I have oh. to replace it right away or this album, right? Yeah. And it's because you once had it. Like you might even buy it and it might stay in its cellophane, but it's like, damn it, I had it before, I have it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm living in a cardboard box now because I lost where I lived as well, but... Right. That cardboard box goes on my face and holds my phone for me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cardboard. <laughs> cardboard. Yes, Google I.O. I, I don't know why I watched that because I'm not a developer. <laughs> but I wanted something on to while I was working. And I was like at that point where I was like in a work mode and the podcast I was listening to ended and I was like, I don't want to find something. And I just saw people talking about Google IO. And I was like, okay, click it. All right, good. And I'm like listening to that working. And then I just kept getting angry. I was like, what do you mean? Look at, we have like fancy cards for everything. Like what about battery life? What about signal? And I was like, Oh, right. This is, these guys are developers. These things do not matter to Google. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't these developers don't make hardware. They just make the software that runs on it. Right. Right. But, well uh, yeah. 
they have a they have a classically Microsoft attitude about it, which is we are going to write the software that we can write today, so that the hardware tomorrow can run it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very frustrating to me. Like you you hit it right on the head when you said um, it's too it takes too long or it's too much effort for you to open the cabinet where the movies are stored. Um, so like. Every single person, uh, someone in my Twitter feed had said, so they must just be like handling out like Android Wear watches to people before they walk out on stage because everyone has one on. And so when they started talking about the Android Wear and they're like, no, no, look at this. Watch this. No, no, check this out. No, no, watch this. So they're like, okay, so listen, um, if I... Say I have a package coming today, and um, I'll just give myself a reminder on the watch. Okay, Google, remind me when I get home that I have a package. Because this stuff is all context-aware, when I get home later at night, it'll give me a reminder and say, don't forget to pick up your package. And I was like, okay. And they're like, no, but see, watch what happens. This syncs with your phone. So they're like talking, and they're like, here we go. And um, all of a sudden, like they show the picture changes to the phone instead of the watch, and it says syncing like new calendar event. And I was like, so that's the problem I have with all this like smart watch business is like, I'm so damn lazy, I can't take my phone out of my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, I was like, wow. I mean, technology is completely based on laziness, but this is really getting out of hand. Yeah, yeah. And then today, I, I actually, I was listening to Supercharge, like I said, and um, somebody said, you know, there's also, they alluded to the fact that um, obviously the next Apple phone, if it's like every other phone that's out there, it's going to be much larger. And so right. yeah. someone said, well, maybe this is where the actually the Android Wear and the smart watches come in is like now our phones are too damn big. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so you want a small <laughs> device again. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Now I totally feel awesome about buying like the Samsung Note like 15 when it comes out. And it's yes. like right. bigger than my 17-inch laptop. Because then I'll just have the watch. I get it now. Yeah. I'm good. I'll just slap the phone on like a backpack and the battery life will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I'll use my watch to do everything. Yeah, there's the other. Yeah, exactly. But the, but make, the watch will only run for a day. Like, come on, Android. Let's, you know, forget the watch. Like, let's make some pants that, like, when I put my phone in there, it charges. <laughs> yeah. So so you have those new charging pants on? Yeah. How, how do you like them? Do they chafe or do they, are they okay? Yeah, they're okay. I've had them for a month, but uh, now my testicles have enlarged. It's really strange. <laughs> you know, it could be radiation poisoning. Right. My legs have gotten really muscular because I'm just charging <laughs> the devices with them all day. They're, they're not like high-tech in any way, shape, or form. Google's just handing out corduroys. The friction, the static electricity <laughs> right. charges your phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I was envisioning something more like uh uh the the uh wire legs that Forrest Gump wears as a kid. <laughs> they just have they just have generating motors in the you know, in the joints so that as you walk they like it turns like a flywheel that charges your phone. 
I like it's it. It's very steampunk. I used to have, um, my mom had a watch. I think it was a Timex, but it was a kinetic watch. And so it didn't have like the traditional like wind me thing on it. It had like some sort of gyro in it. So as you moved your arm, it just wound itself. <laughs> and uh, so I found it one day and I was like, this is cool. And so I wore that. But I yeah. think as a child, I was a little bit too active and it stopped working. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think you can overwind things. I think the last watch that I regularly wore was a Mickey Mouse watch, and I think I stopped wearing it in seventh grade. I was worried, like what was gonna, how that sentence was gonna end. <laughs> like I stopped wearing it yesterday, and I stopped wearing it in college <laughs> because I stopped, I, f- I stopped wearing it when they bought Marvel because I'm uh, appalled. <laughs> that would be that would be the better reason. Yeah, I stopped wearing it when they bought Marvel because I want to get the Iron Man watch when it comes out. (laughs) No, I thought you were just uh, disgusted. You're like, Pluto, Goofy, the Duck. I get these guys, but I don't understand these realistic humans with like blades coming out of their hands. (laughs) The Wolverine watch, it just has claws as the hands. (laughs) (laughs) What time is it, bub? (laughs) <laughs> i like it it so does that have an alarm it just cuts you <laughs> why are you bleeding oh it's time to take my medication yep <laughs> to increase my healing factor because of this watch i wear We've had to recall the watch. We thought it was a clever idea to have it cut you because it's Wolverine, but we <laughs> forgot that the watch is typically worn on your on wrist. your wrist, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Wolverine watch. Didn't you send this to focus groups? Well, we haven't heard back from them. We wanted to release the project. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine we'll Berserk style. like it. And if you have your Wolverine watch on, it runs Android Wear so it can unlock your phone. <laughs> as long as your watch is on and you have your phone nearby, they can unlock each other. Nearby. nearby. Yeah. Super awesome. Which is a term we're going to have to redefine. You got a text message, bub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> That's the sound it makes every time you get something. Or you unlock it. Or you unlock it, yeah. Snicked. Snick, snick. Yeah, Android Auto. They've uh, paired with some automakers to announce the fact that when you plug your phone into your car, then your Android screen is on the car screen. It was like, um, okay. Couldn't I just have a dock? <laughs> I mean, I understand like the screen is possibly bigger, maybe not in all cases, but sure, uh, right. But then it's like he starts talking to it in the demo, and it's like y- you can do that with your phone now, right? Yeah, it doesn't need to be plugged into the Kia, right? True. So that was kind of uh, lackluster. That one definitely felt like a response to. Um 
uh, CarPlay Apple. to me. Yeah, Apple CarPlay, which um, they are making aftermarket stereos now. A couple companies have come out and said there's an aftermarket stereo that you can get for them. And I was looking at the prices on them because I was like, oh, you know, if it's a hundred bucks, it would be it would be nice to have a stereo that integrates a little bit better with the phone when I get in the car. No, it's more like uh, six hundred dollars. Six hundred, right? Yeah. yeah, they're expensive. And um, the other thing is, if I was gonna if I was gonna get one for uh, for either of my vehicles, it would have to be for the. Um, uh, the older of the two vehicles, the uh, the Aveo, because the Aveo just has a dumb radio in it that can be very easily replaced, whereas uh, the Equinox has GM's fancy um, super radio that builds in like the climate controls and the navigation system that's built into OnStar and like you know everything, the entire brains of the uh, whole car is probably built into the radio somehow. So I can't swap. And it already has like this seven inch touchscreen on it. It's just that the user interface on it sucks completely uh, and is not user upgradable in any way. So it's like, that's the car I would want to replace it on. And it would cost me not only the $600 for the radio, but also probably another thousand dollars so that you can get whatever specialized computer parts that you need to get the, the car to even accept a radio that's not the factory one that it came with. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely the, a bunch of horror stories online about how that technology has advanced so quickly, you know, because Best Buy and uh, those stores and the like just have, you know, this 17-year-old high school kid or college student uh, doing those installs in an install bay, and now it's like someone brings in like their hybrid car and they want to do a different radio well, <laughs> yeah yeah i've I've read a couple of those online it's like you know i just wanted to upgrade to the navigation system or whatever and ended up having to take it to the dealer and it cost me four thousand dollars right right <clears throat> so while yeah, i've got my tesla here could you swap the battery out too <laughs> yeah <laughs> right all of them all of them yeah. It's all open source. You should know how to do this. Right. <laughs> right. There's no patents on those batteries. You can replace them now, right? Just stick <laughs> a bunch of double A's in there. Yeah. I, I kind of want to be retro and cool, so could you replace them with, like, coconuts? Because I'm thinking Gilligan's Island here. Why does your... Why does your car smell like a Hawaiian tropic <laughs> girl pageant? <laughs> Don't flatter me. That's just the coconut batteries. Are you insulting Marianne? <laughs> Name of the car. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what else? Um... I have disregarded the... Actually, I needed some pictures from my archive, so I unplugged my non-working C-file um, <laughs> Raspberry <laughs> Pi card and put the own cloud own one, cloud one on back, in. Yeah. back in so I could access those pictures, and it's been sitting pretty. 
But I just read that uh, ArcOS gets an update very soon. Oh, sweet. I think to point six. I think uh, the developer version, I believe, is up or okay. is coming so that you cool. can try that version. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, yeah, that was always sort of my hesitancy um, to begin with was the power of the Raspberry Pi. Um, so your ideas of maybe getting something a little more substantial to run your cloud or your data is is always something that I've had in the back of my mind. But like you said, it's such a great little development toy to just quick plug in something and try. It is. It is. It's great for that. And I know a lot of people are using them, like uh, putting like XMBC and stuff on them so that they have like a media hub in their house. And um, and it's kind of funny because I'm like, man, I – I still like get leery, like, oh, I don't know, does it have enough power to do that? But obviously, people are using it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think one of the, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think one of the chips that's on it is actually like a H.264 decoder so that it doesn't have to use all of its like CPU to do the decoding on things, which probably means that X, XBMC should run when it's actually when it's actually displaying something for you should run really well because it can do a lot of those things in hardware as opposed to um, the interface itself. Like when it has to render the interface and you're navigating the interface, I imagine that probably is a little slow and a little clunky on a Raspberry Pi. But once you're actually in the playback of media, I would imagine it, it it's going to do pretty well. Hmm. Yeah. I'd be interested to try um, the little Wi-Fi attachment, too, to see yeah. how well that worked. Because I imagine so many people these days uh, don't like wires, but I'm still old school. But that was definitely my issue with my Roku, was it just didn't have like the Wi-Fi mojo. Yeah. My thing is I want to get it... Um, I want to get one up and running that just boots into a um like a web view not even it's like a web browser that's in kiosk mode that's just pointed at a single website so that i could plug it into a tv and throw like a dashboard up on a tv of some web some particular web page that i wanted to keep an eye on maybe it has like graphs or real-time data or something like that on it um that was the next thing that i was going to start playing with I know that there is a there was a how to on getting something like that up and running. I don't think there's any prepackaged things out there yet, um, but I wanted to uh, experiment with that because I have um, I have a really old project that I worked on maybe ten years ago um, that was for a public access TV station that I used to work at um, that would go through a keyer. Um, but what it was was uh, this box would be basically displaying at the time it was an open office presentation, but that open office presentation was just a black slide with like a bar at the bottom, and that bar at the bottom would have a message that would scroll across the screen the screen um, and then that whole slide would go through a keyer and it would key the blackout so that whatever was on the channel was actually going through. And then most of the slides just had, like, the bug in the corner, so it would say, like, 
your local community TV station logo down in the bottom corner. And then if there was like an emergency message or something like that, we would run the presentation and the slide would pop up and run the message along the bottom and then slide back out. And since all of the backgrounds were black, the keyer would just show that bar coming up. It was kind of like, hey, let's figure out how to do that fancy emergency message thing with the hardware and software that we have on hand. And I'm imagining that in 10 years, <laughs> it could uh, very easily um, run a very similar thing. I probably wouldn't use OpenOffice because I imagine it would not be able to run that very well. Um, but it, it should be able to easily run like a web view with a website with a black background and a message that scrolls along across the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get you. Word. Yeah, I would like, actually, um, I read somewhere, even though there are people doing it, I read somewhere that there are some, like the sound chip on the Raspberry Pi isn't the greatest, but, you know, you have to take that with, like, who is saying that. Are they, like, some crazy audiophile who <laughs> doesn't listen to MP3s or AAC files because they are not good enough? Right. Um, right. Our 64-bit so, live live uh, broadcast is not, uh, is not enough resolution for them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I've heard, like, that's not a good thing to try to run my subsonic uh, server on, but... Um, so I was actually thinking of uh, stepping up and trying like either, I think uh, Intel has like a new little project board. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I was, before I was like actually looking at the like uh, Beagle board and the Beagle bone and uh, what Beagle black, like there's a couple of those. And I think that sure. I've read those are a little bit uh, more... A little bit more than uh, Raspberry Pi has on board. I think they're a little bit bigger. So just to get the subsonic uh, music uh, streaming that I do off of subson or off of the iMac, um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's because it's summer now. Um, I think it might. I actually haven't even looked at it, but I'm sure <laughs> it, it's it's been hiccuping a little bit here and there when I try to uh, stream from it. So I'm like. Ooh, that that's not good. Like yeah, even yeah. streaming to my laptop, like it's like, hold on, let me load that page for you, and I'm like, really? That's uh, this is bad. <clears throat> so I was hoping to do that in much later time, but I would, <laughs> I would like to uh, just maybe say goodbye to the iMac because it's it's kind of like your. Um, your copy of Star Trek three, where it's like, it, it's missing. I have to replace it. And <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I sort of like putting it in the laundry room. So I don't see it has been a great help for me to not like worry about like, Oh, how am I going to fix this? And it's kind of, it's been vital to uh, my everyday uh, work, like just throwing like a, something on there to listen to or watch while I work on the laptop. But now that I've been without it for a couple months, I'm I'm okay with it being gone. <clears throat> so it, it's time to take that step. In fact, there's so many like good audio sources out there, like that I've talked about before, like Songza and people like Spotify and Pandora and things. 
like owning your own music isn't very necessary for the next generation. But I, I do at times, you know, if you're in a mood to listen to an artist, listen to that artist. So yeah, yeah. A lot of those services don't offer that unless you do a radio or something. But I think they're having troubles. Um, so yeah, I I do I like having this the service. I just wonder maybe if I should look at other options for streaming, like um, to do like a, a complete media server so I can stream videos, you know, like you're doing to different uh, devices and things in the house. Yep. Yep. Because does does Plex do audio? Uh yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so everyone loves Plex. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about it. I've actually tried it like a few times, but um, never like relied on it. Sure. But um, I'm finding that uh, I'm finding Netflix um, to be. I don't know. I I feel like I've. I always feel like. Oh, there's really nothing on Netflix. Kind of like I felt like when we had TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like a, a month happens or something and then there's new episodes for something. But, you know, if you watch something like every night when the girls go to bed and you try to have like time with your wife, like you're going to go through a season of a show in like a month. And then, right. <laughs> so I, I feel like, you know, um, I think we're going to have to diversify with our, our viewing if we continue or just listen to more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, well, yeah, Tina was actually saying this the other day cause she had finished, uh, orange is the new black. So there were, wasn't any more of that that she needed to watch. And we're obviously kind of still waiting. We're all caught up on everything else, orphan black and all that. Um, the various blacks, serious black. We're all up to date. <laughs> um, so <laughs> serious is the new black. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're all we're all up to date on those, and so she's like, "We got to find something else to uh, to watch." And what I have noticed is that although I, you know, Netflix having the Netflix subscription is great because basically all of the different series of Star Trek that were ever on TV are there, and I can watch any Star Trek episode I want at any time. There's almost no new movies that were, like, particularly good on there. Um, most most of the stuff, like, there are good movies on Netflix, but uh, uh, Netflix streaming, but most of them are 10-plus years old, uh, and I've either seen them or I'm not really that interested in seeing them. And even some that, like... There are movies that I have not seen yet um, that I want to see and that are older and they're not on Netflix either. Like I feel like Netflix's streaming catalog is getting worse and worse as things go on, which is probably why they're trying to get into producing their own content so, to, so that they can keep people invested in Netflix. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think uh, one of the issues that I have with Netflix is they they used to... It used to be a lot more, I feel like, user-focused. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we used to be able to, very briefly, on the consoles anyway, you could have your watch list, and now that's gone. Like, oh, I want to watch this sometime. I'm going to put it on my list. 
Like, I don't have that function on the PS3. I think you can still do it online, but I'm not sure even because I hardly use it on the uh, computer. But the yeah. thing that yeah. the thing that bothers me is the um, <clears throat> at least for the console again is the makeup of what I see never changes. And so they have all these like silly categories, you know, with their fun little names. Yeah, yeah. But I see the same ones like all the time. Right. And I'm like, okay, I think you're trying to figure out what Chris likes. But then the star ratings that I used to do when I first started with Netflix were supposedly to figure out my taste. But now I feel like the star ratings are more like these are star ratings for the entire site and the entire user thing. It has nothing (laughs) to do with my taste anymore. Right, yeah. And so sometimes it's like you used to joke like, oh, I, I, you know, you don't want to watch that uh, softcore movie on Netflix or then it's going to tell everybody that you you watch something racy and it's going to give you a big list of movies like that are similar. But... That happens now. It's like, oh, I feel like watching a documentary. And then I turn on Netflix the next day and it's like, here's three different like funny ha-ha, like look at our silly categories, Netflix categories of documentaries. And guess what? I want to watch an action film and I'm not finding any in my little feed. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. And so, so then you have to rely on their search, which isn't awful, but it's like, you, you, they've built this whole like interface where like, look, you can browse just like you can on TV, but I can't because if I look at Netflix tonight with my wife, that's going to be the same thing that I see for the next three weeks. So right, right. I don't need yeah. to browse anymore. And so I find that annoying. Like I feel like there's so much content on Netflix that I'm missing, but it's not in those little windows. And then I have to like rack my brain or, or yeah. in this conversation yeah. with you, you mentioned a movie. I'm like, I got to write that down or I'm going to forget to look for it. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I've been meaning for a very long time to watch, uh, a couple of movies. Um, the aviator is one that I still have not seen. Um, I feel, again, I feel like I'm going to get banned from the internet for saying this, but, uh, the big Lebowski I have not seen. Um, and uh oh, there was another one that I wanted to watch the other day. Oh, I wanted to watch um The Wolverine mostly because I heard it was so awful. Um and <laughs> the I first just, one? No, I've seen the first one, the X Men Origins Wolverine. Right. I've not seen the recent uh the Wolverine in Japan. Um I've heard that that one was good, and I was like, "Really? Oh, I, I can't even bring myself to watch it because the first one was so awful." Yeah, yeah, the first one was awful. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to find these movies online to watch them, and I'm thinking, "Oh, The Big Lebowski is going to be on Netflix." Yeah, no problem. Nope. I, I mean, I'm sure if I subscribe to the disc. Uh, thing I could get it that way. I'm sure all of these movies I could get that way, but I don't want to do the whole disc thing anymore. So, oh, right. Um, so yeah, no, no Big Lebowski, no Aviator, um, and no Wolverine. I wasn't surprised because it's still new enough that I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be on Netflix yet. 
But uh, Arturo says that the Wolverine is available on the Mexican Netflix. And yeah, I was gonna fail or not. I was gonna try to put it to you lightly. It is available on the Canadian Netflix. Oh, really? Um, for streaming? Yeah. For streaming? Yeah. Oh, the Big Lebowski is in Mexico. Oh, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's interesting that I have two catalogs to choose from thanks to the VPN. So, because <laughs> everyone here, like you, is complaining, like, oh, Netflix doesn't have anything. And what yeah. I find interesting is when I pop on the Canadian version of Netflix, um, I really feel that they have more new releases, like, very recent releases that were just out in the theaters yeah, yeah. than the U.S. one has. But then when it comes to sort of like back catalog or maybe things that are only like two or three years old, like you're not going to find them. So you right. might find like Avengers on the U.S. Netflix, but you're going to find the Wolverine and these other movies on the Canadian one. But yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it has more to do with like the rights than it has anything else. But I always find it interesting because the Canadians are like, there's nothing on there. And I'm like, oh, well, actually, there's different stuff than what's on the U.S. one. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But, yeah, and that is what gets me is sometimes I'll be on there and it's like, oh, yeah, we think you would like the Avengers. And it's like, yeah, I do like the Avengers. I own it already. Um, but and the fact that that's on Netflix streaming is like almost bizarre to me. And then they don't have, um, these other movies that are not, you know, they're not that new and they're kind of like, I, I, I sort of expect, I don't know why this is, but I sort of expect Netflix to have, uh, any movie that's kind of like a cult favorite. Right. And I definitely feel like the big Lebowski is sort of, uh, you know, probably didn't, I don't think it did all that great when it was in the theater, but it kind of became this sleeper, like everybody likes it underground thing. Um, and it, it should have, <laughs> it should be on there. Uh, and it's, and it's not, and I'm sure, like you say, it's, it's a licensing thing. I'm sure Netflix would have it if they could have it, um, be on there, but, um, it's, it's frustrating honestly, when it's not there. I honestly feel like, and it's it's my, it's Chris being ignorant of uh, all the things Paul knows about, but I honestly feel <laughs> like a lot of the stuff that sort of cycles through Netflix as well um, is just sort of like a server issue or something, you know, like we're going to, you know, these movies that are going to disappear and have little expiration date when you find them on Netflix that's because we're going to, you know, swap out those drives on that server with other movies, you know, sort of like uh, grocery stores have like the same sale every two weeks. Like I feel like Netflix like does some drive swapping because they can't afford to have an entire catalog available even if they had the license. But that's just right. an idea that I had. Right. Because sometimes I'll be like, wait, that's not on here anymore. And then like a month later it is. I'm like, it's back? Like weird yeah but yeah they that that's you kind of you helped me solidify my idea about the rating thing too it's like when the old days netflix would be like hey guy you should totally watch avengers we think you'd like it and you're like 
oh, you know what? I've already watched it, so I'll just go ahead and click the number of stars that yeah. I thought enjoyed yep. this, and it disappeared completely from your feed. And now they're like, hey, y- y- you watch this? That's cool. And it still sits there for the next three months. And you're like, no, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't need to flip by this anymore because yeah. I've seen it. I'm fine with the little feed called right. watch it again. That's yeah, fine. But sure. I don't need yeah. to also see. That's like I wish like their algorithm or whatever also like I feel like I would have so much better choices if they didn't repeat themselves. And I understand like the metadata and stuff that they use. It's quite complex and quite cool when you dig into it but um i i think i heard a story on npr about it but but i it annoys me like i wish there was just something in the algorithm to say okay i understand that avengers is an action movie and it's also in the category hero movies i've got both of those on chris's page so i'm gonna go ahead and just put avengers in one so i can feature another movie yeah yep that that really bugs me that like you know i'm scrolling through nope i've already seen that and then i move down to the next feed and scrolling through no i've seen that up there and there <laughs> it's <laughs> it's now in recent it's in action it's in hero movies it's in comic book movies and i have all those in my feed thanks but i'm i'm kind of curious like there i i bet there there will come a day if it hasn't happened already like when i was younger and I worked at a record store. Um, we had in a mall, we had like the front window and you know, you walk by and that's what you use to pull people in. So you got to put something cool in the front window. Like what are the new releases or a cool poster? Like it's Snoop Dogg or something, you know? And then like, while I was working there. Of course the record store decided let's make some money and sell that front window. So then people could buy the front window. So yeah, that's really cool that like we're in sort of an urban neighborhood and everybody's really interested in the fact that, you know, there's a new ice cube, uh, disc out or tape probably in that day because I'm old and, uh, (laughs) everyone in our area wants that. But We've sold the front window to the VHS release of Beethoven Second, the Big Dog movie. So we've got to put all the cardboard cutouts and stuff. I'm really surprised that Netflix hasn't gone ahead and just sold out, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, um, you know, forget just like the little, like kind of I feel like their new little design that they sort of stole from the Amazon streaming where you just put that giant picture of a movie like oh orange and the new black is new episodes like yeah up at the top i kind of feel like that's probably for sale a little bit like but i just feel like that's their future it's like oh if you want to know what movie you want to watch you better search for it because otherwise it's just going to be people who had the money put the movies up front yep yep so yeah we are um Yes, well, the, we are. The, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that is frustrating is that these movies then are not available to rent anywhere either. So I'm like, okay, I want to see the, the Big Lebowski. I'm going to go to try to rent it. Um, look for it on iTunes? Nope. Look for it on Amazon? Nope. I can buy them um, 
Although with Amazon, it's hilarious too because I'm looking in the app, and the app is like, "Oh, by the way, this is a, this would technically be an in-app purchase, so you're going to have to uh, exit this app and go into Safari and load up Safari and look at the site from there and buy it from there." Because Apple won't let us do this as an in-app purchase. So, yeah, a- Amazon. I was just listening to that earlier and supercharged. They, uh, Adam was saying it, it's sort of. It's weird how Amazon is sort of trying to follow the um, follow the Apple design and sort of like wall up the garden and say, "Oh, you know, check it out. We've got the Amazon TV, and you can buy stuff yeah, through yeah. it." And and they're they're trying to like you know even with the new phone that's super duper three D <laughs> silliness. Like it's it's all like bent on using Amazon services, which everyone yeah. does. There's no problem with that, but it just seems like they're they're sort of walling themselves in, and it's like um, that was a big discussion today on Supercharge. It's like you, there's just no one set top box that you can do like Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon from, and iTunes. Like, right? If you want yeah. iTunes? You got to get Apple TV. If right. you want uh, Hulu and Netflix, like you might be good, but nobody like does Amazon. It seems like, and so right. Yeah, it's like it's like people just want to watch stuff and they want to give you money and they want to pay like three dollars an episode or two bucks an episode. Yeah, yeah. Just let them. Right. But yeah, it's just kind of a mess right now. Yeah, yeah, and we do use our Apple TV for that all the time, right? I mean, we bought um, we bought Orange Is the New Black. That's how we're watching that. Um, just as just with a season pass, and it's you know it's two bucks an episode. It's awesome, and then we own them. Like if it, if it's a series that I think is going to be well, the, even the even that like it's two dollars for an hour of entertainment. Even if I don't care that I own it for the rest of <laughs> for the rest of however long iTunes will let me continue to own it, um, it, if I get if I get an hour of entertainment out of it, it that's worth two bucks a week for me to watch that. You know. Um, but then it gets back into the well. Why don't you have cable then? Argument because if I have ten of those shows at that point, I've got a cable bill. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's uh, that's going to be an interesting shift. Um, yeah. It seem like a lot of the networks are really liking the idea of the set top boxes because they can charge you a la carte and then. Yeah, it, it is one of those things. Like people talk about, uh, as your daughters get older, you know, like they're gonna have an iPod or an iPhone or something, and like, you know, it's it's really hard to. It, it seems harder to teach kids about monetary value these days when you can press a button and own something. <laughs> you know, yes, so exactly. very quickly, and it's just. You know, I've had friends who back in uh, Muskegon who, you know, were paycheck to paycheck working jobs that they didn't like or two or three jobs. And then it's like, how easy is it to fall into the trap to just buy? Well, I like that song when I buy it from iTunes and, you know, it's only 99 cents. But you just bought like, you know, 22 songs that way. You just spent $22 yeah. and yeah, now right. you're like you need to borrow money for rent like 
it, when it's like these dollars here, dollars there, like they do add up. You're right. It's kind of, uh, kind of scary. So that's, that's another reason why Chris gets a little freaked out when he has to pay money for an app on Android. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what happens is I buy one and then I'm like, oh, I just paid $4 for that app. I'm right. as well yeah. get this one, get that one and this one. And <laughs> Luckily, I only have probably two or three apps in my entire smartphone owning life that I don't still use. And I wish I could like gift them to people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So my uh, <laughs> president of business in the chat room says, wait, people pay for apps on Android? This dummy does. He's going to shift his entire business model now. Um, he's going to start writing apps on Android first. No, that will never happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they have material. Material. Did they play Material Girl when they talked about that at I.O.? That would be awesome, but I'm assuming that they probably would have had a technical problem with the Google Play Store if they tried to play that. Probably. So. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, stutter. Yeah. Oops, that's not working. It would sound like a modern Madonna song instead of an old Madonna song. I was, like, screaming at my screen when he was, like, doing the little demo of using uh, Google to navigate in the car. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Like Google Maps like has crashed for me like for the past month. Like whatever they did to it, although you're talking to someone who rooted and put a different ROM on his phone. But still everything's in the Google Play services now. So I'm like, why is it crashing? Right. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of in the middle of a road and I don't know where I am because I'm a stranger to this country and you just crashed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it can it can uh unlike Apple Maps it, it can tell you exactly where to go and how to get there. It just can't stay running long enough to complete the entire transit. So Yeah. <laughs> I I like that president business, yeah. It's good that you guys have a decent uh, you know, frames per second on your phone. <laughs> Cuz like that was one of the first things when I flipped on to the uh, Google I.O. thing. They were, like, talking about how smooth and better the animations were. And I was right. like, yep. That's exactly, like, when me and my friends who own Androids get together, we're always, like, complaining about the animations. <laughs> it's like, oh, if that home animation just looked a little bit better, I might like listening to music. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> depressing to call my mom because the animation is so awful right well i think it's i think we've uh we've reached and probably gone well past the Thank hour you. yes <laughs> editing yeah there is none i don't know i feel like this is uh i both halves of the show are fairly tight so i don't know that i'll drop too much out of these but yeah, and I didn't say like any sort of perverse tight joke after that that you would have to edit out. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks for that. Good for me. Yeah. So uh <laughs> our guest in the previous episode was uh <laughs> Justin Hall at J A H. Uh and uh you can find all of his uh great online stuff at links.net. Not L Y N X like the old web browser, but actual 
links, L-I-N-K-S dot net. Um, I am at Paul D on uh, Twitter. Uh, and you can find my stuff at padizio.com, P-A-D-I-Z-I-O.com. Oh, you're in I-O now? Uh, I, actually, I should get the you I-O, should buy shouldn't the, I? Yep. Yep. P-A-D-I-Z.io. It would not be an episode of Montreal Sucks if I didn't convince Paul to buy a URL. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It wouldn't be an episode of Montreal Sucks, would it? No, and uh, speaking of uh, nickel and diming, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the digital network is tremendously huge. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also working on getting um, uh, Padizio dot bike and um, Padizio dot funds, um, as well as uh, Padizio dot attorney. So. Nice. Yeah. I like that attorney. That attorney, yeah. That at law. Ooh. <laughs> that would be that would be a great one actually. <laughs> <laughs> dot guitars. Ooh. Yeah, dot sexy. <laughs> Padizio dot sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Two dot sexy. <clears throat> dot for my shirt. Uh all right. All right, and I <laughs> <laughs> I am not right, said Fred. <laughs> but if you want to see him, I think he was on the John Oliver show recently. Okay, I am at Sick Days, S I double K D A Y S, on the Twitters, and you can find my musings. I'm a muser? Anyway, uh, muser is not a word. I am <laughs> at sickdays.com <laughs> if you want to read. Stuff like I'm babbling now. Thanks for listening to Montreal Sauce, uh, which is glorious like poutine.